Welcome everyone to the Think and Reform podcast. My name is Luke Saint. I'm here with my dad, Joel Saint and John Bingaman. And this week we are going to be taking on uh, Andy Stanley, somebody that we feel has been around too long in Christian circles, way too long. We've been dropping his name. He's been hanging. I mean, he's just been, been just, just chilling in somewhere in the background and the evangelical background. He's just been there. And uh, today we're going to take a look at a video that I originally saw on Ruslan. He uh, commented on the video and I said, oh man, we got we to gotta do a segment about this because in my opinion, it is, it is scandalous. What do you think, Dad? Scandalous. Uh, can, you, um, can you come up with a more accurate term like, I don't know, horrific, blasphemous? Blasphemous. How's blasphemous? Mm-hmm. There you go. I, I, when, I, when I saw it, I, even for Andy Stanley, I was shocked. <laughs> Even for Andy Stanley, I, I, I was shocked that I couldn't believe what I was hearing. So uh, without much more introduction, we are going to do a reaction video to or reaction podcast to a, a sermon he gave. And, and, and you can just kind of kind of tell the stuff. I mean, you can just kind of tell already where this is going. Um, the name of the sermon is called When Gracie Met Truthy. And it was given about 10 years ago, April 2012. And um, we're about 21 minutes, 22 minutes into the sermon. We're going to start playing where Andy Stanley tells a horrific story and dresses it up like. In drag. Yeah, (laughs) basically. Yeah, he he dresses it up in drag and presents it as something good. And it's actually something horrible. It's, it's, It's not God glorifying at all. It's quite the opposite. It's God dishonoring. So uh, this, this comes as no surprise to most of the serious Christians who've been watching, who have, who have watched him. And, and what I'm really frustrated at, uh, what I'm really frustrated with here in this, um, in this video is there's have been a lot of good people saying, you know, this guy's a fraud. This guy is, we shouldn't be listening to this guy. And this, this was 10 years ago, this video. And why has he not been thrown out feet first by the Christian community Dad, what are your thoughts? Uh, because the Christian community can't uh, identify uh, heresy when they see it. Uh, you know, I keep thinking, Luke, of you know, blind leading the blind, right? Now, we usually blame the blind leader. But what about those who are following? Are they not just as blind? And so this is an extremely upsetting video. It, it, it's, it's just upsetting. But who are the folks just sitting there listening to it, Luke? And John, I would have to ask too. I mean, when you listen to this, you have to ask yourself the question, who are the people listening to this? And some of the things that they'd laugh at even, some of the things that he says. Who who even comes back to listen to to the kind of things that you're going to hear right here? And and even this, this title, which is annoying, When Gracie Met Truthy. Oh boy, aren't we just feeling all really good about that? Gracie and Truthy get together and aren't. Oh, in this nice. Sparks, I mean, sparks are going to fly. Uh oh. It's Grace meeting Truth. You know, they're fighting each other. Yeah, yeah. They're going to get along so famously. And how do we even. It, it's, it's hard for me to imagine the Apostle Paul standing up. When Gracie met Truthy. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding? What do you think, John? Why do you think we, we've kept Andy Stanley around? I, it's very interesting to me that this is 10 years ago. It really presages what's going on here since 2020. We say, what's going on in America? Why do we have these leaders? Well, it's because we have these citizens. 
uh, nobody's thinking about what they're doing. Nobody's thinking about leadership. Nobody says, oh, our leaders need to be the, the best. We need to elect the best leaders. Well, we need to do the same thing in our churches. We need to have the very best pastors, and the best pastors are the ones who regard Scripture uh, as God's breathed word. Amen. And here's a guy who who denigrates Scripture. I mean, he he tortures the Scripture to make it fit whatever he's trying to, to peddle here, and the people are just as satisfied with it. These are the people who elect Obamas and Bidens and Trumps and and McConnells and do, do I need to go on? You know, they're the same people, hmm. and so it, it's just a microcosm here. This church that has multiple campuses. You've got a big auditorium here on this video, full of people laughing and hooting and hollering, and you know, and we have the same thing going on in America at political rallies. There's there's no quality in our leadership because there's no understanding in our populace. Hmm. So it's, the church has failed in both counts. I'm, I'm not going to disagree or argue with you on that one at all. So let's get into this sermon. Here it is. Andy Stanley, April 2012. I don't condemn you. Now go and leave your life. Did you have to bring up the sin part? Yes. Well, then how can you say she's not condemned? Because this is how I love. I am the embodiment of grace and truth. I could go on and on and on and on. Now, again, as a church, we have so, we, we so try to get this right and we don't always get it right. But when we find ourselves in those difficult, difficult situations and we say, God, we're not gonna be just the truth church. That would be so easy. And I'm, I'm, I'm prone to be that way. I was brought up in the truth church, you know, and I'm good at it because I'm a good talker and I can just make you feel bad or make you feel good or inspire you or, you know, I'm good at that. I, I can just get the Bible and pound you over the head. None of you are smart as me anyway. When it comes to the Bible, you wouldn't know better, you know, and you go, oh, I'm gonna go, I don't know. He said it's in the Greek and the Hebrew. I don't know, you know. So I, you know, Look, I, 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 I... Luke, I know we haven't gotten to where we want to get to yet. Oh, <laughs> it's gonna take a while. <laughs> There's so much heresy packed into so little time here that uh, there's going to be a lot of pausing and commenting. But but how how insulting to his audience, and and they just sit there and listen. And, and, no, they they're laughing. Yeah, they're, they're laughing, chuckling. Right? Yeah, like yeah. You really can tell us whatever you want to, and you can tell us about the Greek. And we're too stupid to understand. He's saying they're too stupid to understand, and they're agreeing with them. Mm -hmm. No wonder they. This is so maddening. No wonder they come and listen to him. He has no respect for them. And they're just listening to him. And I guess whatever he says, if he says something, you, know, you can't go home yourself. In this day and age, John, of the internet, right? And all the tools online, all the uh, interlinear Bibles, all the definitions of Greek words, and nobody can do that. They just have to believe Andy Stanley. And they say, well, he said it, so I don't know. Well, look, look, look at the stage and you look at what's going on here. This is not church. This is a show. This is entertainment. These mm. people are not coming to learn about the Greek and Hebrew. That's why they're laughing. <laughs> why would we want to learn the Greek and Hebrew? We, we want you to make us laugh and feel good. Send us home, warmed and well fed. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that's what he's doing. I, I think it's, you know, he, he said something small in there that, that, that I think a lot of the people in there agree with. He said it's easy to be the truth church. And this, this sermon is a demonstration. <laughs> no, it's easy to be the grace church, you knucklehead, you liar. Get the Oh, that just had to silence a cell phone there. Sorry. Thank you, Charlie Brown's teacher. 
<laughs> Sounded like Andy Stanley there for a moment. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Let's keep going. Truth part. You know, I like that. I'm principal and exhortation, you know. But when it's me that's, you know, in trouble, I like, you know, I like the grace part. So we're, we're, we're conflicted like Jesus, you know, you were your trouble. Oh, here we go. That didn't take long. Uh, did he just say that we're conflicted like Jesus? Yeah, yeah he, he did, just did threw, he just say that? He just threw that in there. Oh my word! I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> you know, Jesus. Do I do grace or do I do truth? I don't know. You know, I. I oh man, uh, you know, I, I remember back in the seventies when, when the whole Jesus Christ superstar craze with the, with the song and the play, and I don't even know they made a movie. I think they did whatever, and that's what they presented Jesus as. They presented Jesus as this conflicted, kind of clueless, didn't know what he was doing, and. Andy Stanley just gave us that now, and this is when Gracie met Truthy, and you you just knew, John, you just knew when you saw the title that we weren't going to get either. We weren't going to get Grace or Truth. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's no surprise there, John. Did you end up uh, turned it off? Turned it off. Turned off the whole thing. <laughs> that's the end of that. Couldn't even <laughs> silence it. <laughs> Good grief! It was definitely easier on the ears than Andy Stanley. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so he just got done saying we're conflicted like Jesus. Like Jesus didn't know which one to could do. If I if I offer truth, then I'm not showing grace. And if I offer grace, then I'm not showing truth as if they're you know mutually exclusive. Oh my word, Jesus all twisted up into a pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> Let's carry on. Here we go. Buckle your seatbelts. Trying to figure this out. And it's messy. It's messy. And so consequently, in a network of churches as large as ours, and we have, you know, again, a bunch of churches in Atlanta and around the country, we run into these situations all the time. I just want to tell you, to tell you one, one story. I was going to tell you three stories. Uh, before, we get, before we get into this, a little bit of context here. He is, is, is preceding this with everybody's favorite, every fraudulent evangelical leader's favorite story, the woman at the well, where Jesus didn't judge. You know, and... Um, he, he's preceding it. It's everyone's favorite. We hear it every year. We get a big sermon about it. And it's like the Christian's reminder, like the wagging finger, no, naughty, naughty, don't judge, you know, and this is what Jesus did. And um, I, 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 the tell, this is like when, when people preach a big, long sermon on this and the, and, the, and the application is Jesus didn't judge, which is what he's saying here. It's t- tell me you've never confronted somebody's sin without telling me you've never confronted somebody's sin. Because if you go up to somebody caught in sin, you confront them on it and say, uh, let's, let's, let's take the woman caught at the well, right? She had five, uh, five husbands. He said, the one who's, not, who's at your house is not your husband. And they're like, oh, isn't that great that he put it that way? Oh, it's so nice. I wouldn't be offended by that. No, if, if it was a homosexual and he said, the person at your house is not your husband, the, the, the LGBTQ community will be all over Christ and the Christians will be, have to be apologizing for him. So when you tell somebody, try, try it in your personal life. Listen, in your personal life, Tell somebody, go and sin no more. See how far you get. They will be ready with pitchforks to condemn you, send the woke mob after you, make you lose your job. You will be ostracized and kicked out of the community just like Christ was on many occasions when they tried to stone him several times. You will get nowhere if you try to handle this situation like Christ handled it. What they really want to do with this situation, the woman caught at the well, I've been saying this for a long time. I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself. But what they're really saying is... I like the way that Jesus spoke here and the woman was not offended. So therefore everyone should speak this way so that the woman doesn't get offended. But I'm telling you in this day and age, if you tell somebody go and sin no more, you will be ostracized, canceled. You will be attacked. 
You will not respond. They will not respond the way this woman responded. Oh, sir, I see that you're a prophet and everything you say. He told me everything I ever did. They're not going to respond that way. They're not. They're, they're, they are going to, they're going to want to, you know, metaphorically stone you out of the city. So with that context, let's keep going with this knucklehead. Stories, but no time for three stories. One story that I, I just. Okay, let's stop there again. Here's where we land. I, okay. All right, he's talking to thousands of people here. I, I know we talked a little bit before, uh, before we got started here. He says, I'm going to tell you three stories, right? Or I was going to tell you three stories, but only have one. I just don't even buy that at all uh, because he's got like a, like, like, like a um, video and, and he's got like some, some illustrations there that are all set up for his one story. And I just don't buy it. When you're, when you're talking to this many people and you have so much time, you know what you're going to say. But anyway, uh, it's, just, it's just pretty annoying to me already, frankly. Years ago when we first started the church, I met a family in our children's ministry, a husband and wife and their elementary school age daughter and uh, we got to be friends and meal together i did a couple of funerals for um parents and just you know not super best friends but knew them tracked with them knew what's going on see them at church about five five and a half years ago she discovers that he's in a relationship with another guy and it's devastating of course and it breaks her heart and there's you know there's just the deceit and all the stuff that goes with with those kinds of things and of course okay can we stop again daughter and uh, so, sorry about this. I know we got to get to it, but he says devastating. Of course, this was ten years ago. Would he say that today? Hmm. Devastating. Of course. Just kind of wondering. <laughs> Questions you need to ask yourself in uh, 2023. And embarrassing. It's just. It's just. It's just a big mess. So she gets an attorney. Embarrassing. Um, huh? You know, and and to their credit, they asked the attorney to represent their daughter, so that however this worked out, it would be best for her. So a single attorney worked this out and in six months they're divorced and there's all the shrapnel and all the wounds and all the betrayal and all the confusion and all the, you know, all that's all there. You've been through that. You've seen it. You have family members, whether whatever kind of divorce it is, it's just all there. And it's as painful as it can possibly be. And then some months after the divorce was finalized, he shows up here at our North Point campus with his partner. And she's here and it was either Easter or Christmas. I can't remember, it was a, it was, it was a big Sunday. And she is mad, at, at, three syllable mad, okay? She is uh, uh, upset. Ha <laughs> ha, funny. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my gosh, she is mad. Wow. And, and everybody laughs. There's a surprise. I can't believe we're laughing at this horrible story. What is funny about this? The three syllables. <laughs> I, 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 of, of all the things to, to make a joke about, the destruction of a family, I, I'm, I'm shocked that, oh, oh my, the show, she was mad. <laughs> you know, I can't believe that. Isn't that why we don't laugh at dirty, like, like, like sometimes you hear guys, unbelieving guys I trust, sit around and talk and joke about each other's wives. Mm-hmm. You know, and why don't we laugh about that? Because there's nothing funny about it. Mm-hmm. There's just nothing funny about a broken up family. Well... I guess I was wrong. Yeah, but this, that again, that supports uh, dad's theory is that uh, this story never happened. And um, so that supports your theory that this never happened. That's why he's making a joke out of it. But my theory is that um, this, this, this did happen. And the reason why Andy Stanley would give this so much attention is if he can find any sort of way to make himself look good and use somebody's story to, to his advantage, especially uh, making himself look like a pro-homosexual, he's going to use it. 
That's why he's able to give himself, give so much attention to the story. And what he's trying to do here is take the cultural norms and apply it to the church, right? Mm. So what we're doing is importing wholesale from the culture as opposed to exporting from our Bible mm. into the culture. It's got it completely reversed. Mm. That's well said. That she is, you know, she's like you would feel if it was you or your sister or your daughter. And it's like, and she got in his face and she said, look, this is my church. You know, you cause this problem. You go to any church you want to in Atlanta, but you can't come to, this is my church. I need a worship free, I need a trauma free zone. And so you go somewhere else. And basically she kicked him and his partner out of our church. And so they left. Well, as you know, we have lots of churches in the city of Atlanta. And as it turned out, they decided to attend a different one of our churches. And it was the one that was closest to them. So they attended Buckhead Church. And as the story goes, the very, if I remember this right, the very first Sunday they showed up at Buckhead Church was our strategic service Sunday. And in strategic service Sunday, we spend the entire time recruiting people to volunteer. And I, you know, I cast a big vision and you know, we're gonna change the world, come help us change the world. And so my friend's partner Is that in the said, hey, I like this church. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. I think we should get involved. So on the first Sunday they're there, they go down and sign up to, to be in strategic service and join a host team, one of our guest services teams. Well, a few weeks go by and I'm checking on her. Wait, How's wait, it going? Wait, wait, and she's wait. So, so one of their churches signs up a homosexual couple to serve and to serve Christ in their community. It sounds like and not just church. Christ, like strategic outreach. Strategic outreach, because Andy cast a big vision, and and we're going to take all comers because we need to fill those slots or what? Uh, uh, where's Truthy? Mm. <laughs> Truthy's gone, man. Yeah, so that's good, you know. And we talked about the, you know, she kick him out of the church, and how's that going, you know, and. And she said, well, the, the good news, I guess, is that they're back in church. I said, oh, great. Where? She said, they're going to Buckhead Church. Great she said, and then she kind of chuckled. And she said, not only that, they're serving. I said, really? She goes, yeah, they joined a host team. Now, what I knew, and I double checked. Uh, okay, you know what? The only difference we have here, I think, is to, to bring it up to uh, 2023, 11 years later, we can maybe substitute the uh, homosexuals for, I don't know, maybe the MAPs, the minor attractive persons. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, I I don't know. Yeah. Why why we're here to you know cast a big vision, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um. I think today it would probably be he's already conquered the homosexual thing, so I think it would probably be transgender people. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe we're a couple of years away still from the uh, maps. Yeah. Well, I'll leave it to him to usher it on in. Yeah. If if we keep this knucklehead around. Checked with her to make sure I was correct. Was the last I where we had left off was he my friend's partner, and he's a friend now, but back then not so much, my friend's partner was still married. And so I said to her, I said, now, he's still married, right? And she said, yeah, the divorce is taking longer than they expected. It's kind of getting dragged out. So I called my buddy and said, okay, I know things have been awkward, you know, between us, but look, uh, and, and I'm glad you're in church. That's a good thing. And I'm glad you're at one of our churches. You know, that's a good thing. But sorry, sorry about what I'm about to say. I'm really sorry. Just, I'm just so sorry about what I'm about to say. You know, I need, I need to cushion it so much because what I'm about to say is going to be offensive. Jeez. But your partner, he's, he's still married. 
So see, this is just good old fashioned adultery. Like you're. <laughs> oh, since, oh, <laughs> oh! <laughs> adultery is the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever happened to Gracie? Oh, come on. Where's Gracie now when we need her? Oh my word! And and, and truth. <laughs> and, and here's my problem because he gets to present himself as the white knight of, of getting both grace and truth. Yeah. Like you know, adultery. Well, hold on a second now. Yeah. I gotta put the brakes on. That's too much. Yeah. Meanwhile, we got we, we, we got the abominable homosexuality going on right underneath his nose. And isn't it wonderful to have you as part of our strategic outreach team? <laughs> but not if you're in an adulterous affair, you know. Yeah. No, no, no. That's not for us. Yeah, that's uh, that's where that's where we draw the line around here. <laughs> yeah, we draw lines. Yeah, 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 we draw. I mean, yeah, that's I mean, and, and that's not the Bible talking. That's just church policy talking. That's yeah. Yeah. That's, well, the, where's the Bible in any of this? Yeah, it's true. I mean, we, we used the example from the woman at the well, but there you go. That's the end of that. And then we misapply it. Um, shortly after um, the Lord told the woman to go um, sin no more, um, she went out to the first church and signed up for their outreach program. You're in a sexual relationship with someone else's husband. Uh, you know, it was, you know, I've never said that. And there's the problem. Oh, that's right. <laughs> It's just so disgusting even to talk right. about this. Like, eh, I, we can't quite do that. Eh. I can't even believe we're talking about this. Neither can he. Yeah. Before, but anyway, so I said, so you can't be honest, guest service. And this, this is filled with laughs. I mean, we're laughing the whole way through. This is just great. Services team. Okay, Nervous this is, laughter. Yeah, I hope. Well, well, one would hope. Yeah. yeah. You're just living in. You know, this is this is clear. Okay, you can't do this. And he, you know, he, he he's he said, you know, I, I, did you hear that? It was clear. It's clear. This, <laughs> This is clear. <laughs> this you is know, clear. You can't do this. You have to, like I said, you have to torture the Bible mm -hmm. to make homosexuality okay. Mm -hmm. I, I don't hate homosexuals. I, I'm sorry for homosexuals. Mm -hmm. I think that they're in an awful lot of pain. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, you can't go to the Bible and find it not condemned. Mm -hmm. It just isn't in there mm -hmm. yep but when you've given up the bible and the greek and the hebrew and all you got left is andy stanley and Be and his bible yeah. to beat you over the head with yeah yeah which is not there and he already said earlier in what we've seen here is i can make you feel good about it mm. or i can make you feel bad about it mm. because you're too stupid to understand it yourself and now he's doing that yeah yeah now he's doing exactly that he's making him feel good about this and oh isn't the church right on top of it to make sure that there's no adultery involved here? yeah oh yeah 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 that's where we're standing up for the truth now we're, we're the truth is here i get this he said well and, and it's funny now it wasn't funny then he said well he's married but he's almost divorced it's okay. not funny now i'm sorry it's not funny now it's it's never funny I mean, none of the stuff. It, it, I mean, it's laughable, like in a mocking fashion, which, which, which might be the reason that these people are, are, are laughing, but I just don't understand what's funny about this. I mean, I, I, I'm laughing in, in, in incredulity. It, it's like, I can't believe I'm my ears. I'm laughing at Andy Stanley, <laughs> not, not with Andy Stanley.
okay? We're all, he's almost divorced. They're at the very end. I'm like, you can't be almost divorced, okay? You're married or you're not. As long as he's married, you can't serve on a, host, on a guest services team. And so I kind of, you know, kicked him off the team. He said, well. Oh, look at Andy Stanley. Yeah, I had to kick him off the team. Oh, you know, put my foot down. What a fraud. Truthy. My partner, he's going to be really upset about this because he loved the church and he loved the fact that we were going to be able to connect. I said, well, you know what? Okay, so stop. I'll, I'll talk uh, to okay. you. If you Two guys in a homosexual relationship. One guy has left his family, his wife and his daughter, right? And he loves the church. What kind of church is this? Hmm. I want to know what kind of a church is this? It's not a church that condemns anything that he's doing. There's not the truth going on uh, in that guy's life. He's not being confronted with the truth of the sin. You know, we all sin. I mean, it, it, it's Stanley's really big about saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we all have a sin. We all have a sin. Got it. We do. But unrepentant sin, and we never get to repentance here. Uh, uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> we never get to repentance. No. And, and, and so where's the truth? The truth is that we are required to repent if Christ is going to love us unreservedly. Mm -hmm. It's not an indiscriminate love that Christ has mm -hmm. for people. Mm -hmm. It isn't. I, I want to retitle this sermon. I'm going to retitle this sermon right now for everybody. It's originally called um, When Gracie Met Truthy, but I'm going to rename it to when somebody stole the identity of Gracie and then murdered somebody named Truthy. So they're not involved at all in, in, in this story. Neither of them are involved. One dies and the other one isn't even in existence. So, you know, just, just remember that for the, for the more, a more accurate context of what this knucklehead's talking about. If you guys want to come in, I'll, I'll talk to you about this. So they came in to see me. Now, a few weeks ago, during the Anne Rice message, I introduced some of you to a new word. The new hang word on, was disputation. Anne Rice. I'm not familiar with I don't even know who Anne Rice is. Anne Rice wrote the, those vampire novels. What, what, was she like a... She was an author. She, uh, Anne Rice is an author. And during the Anne Rice service, so I guess they were talking about vampire novels? Sure, why not? It's bread and circuses. I mean... I, I, I might be mistaken about that, but I, I'm pretty sure that Anne Rice wrote a whole series of um, novels about vampires. Maybe, mm, let's see, Anne Rice, Interview with the Vampire. There you go. Okay. Okay. So. Oh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of Witching Hour, Queen yeah, yeah. of the Damned. Oh, okay. So during, the, our, during our vampire service, we <laughs> came in to talk to us. I mean, well, I mean, that was Twilight Years. I mean, 2012, I'm sure vampires yeah. were, yeah, and, yeah, and I'm sure they're, uh, they're, um, so they are relevant. Their church is yeah. absolutely culturally relevant. Relevant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure the uh, when they hired the uh, you know the outside firm to pick up the cultural trends for them so they could talk about it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, they said, "Oh, vampires. That's really really in right now." But yes, okay, disputatious. So when they came to see me, the three of us had a disputatious conversation. It was really really awkward and bad and. To, the, to our, you know, to my friend's partner's defense, it's because they showed up at Buckhead Church and they never saw me down there except on a screen. And so he said, how can you kick me off out of a church? You're not even the pastor there. You know, this is the only part of the sermon that I agree with. That's a great question. You're not even there. 
what authority do you have? It's just your dumb face on a screen. You don't even know me. That's the only part of the sermon I agree with. And I think Richard Baxter would actually agree with that too. I'm like, well, you're right. So I did what every great leader does. I said, let me give you the name and number of the pastor at Buckhead Church, and you can call him and talk to him about this. All of our churches have different pastors. Okay, wait a sec. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. All of our church. Did he just say all of our churches have different pastors? So who's doing the preaching? He is, right? Yep. What's the pastor doing? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm talking about. I don't know. I, I could just. Well, many churches have administrative pastors. They've got teaching pastors. They've got, you know, it, it, counseling pastors. Yeah, maybe. all that kind of stuff. Right. So, you know, there's there's the pastor in charge of the local church A. I mean, it, it, we can't say, that, you know, it, come on. But, lots but of churches. Pastor have, or not? Lots right. of lots of pastors have. Or lots of churches have multiple pastors. Okay, but but does he have any kind of spiritual authority at that church? Because if he doesn't, then he's no different from an old Charles. Sp well, we never got a Spurgeon sermon, but if that's the case, he's no different from from a recorded sermon from a hundred years ago. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I, I in that re in that respect, yeah. I, I I I just I struggle with that because. I just imagine the pastor like, you know, behind the curtains with his arms, you know, behind his back folded, waiting for to go on to say, thanks everyone for coming to church. Yeah. Here's Sandy Stanley. And then he goes back and sits in the cell phone for, you know, 45 minutes and then comes back out and hey, wasn't that great? Hey, who wants to talk to me about it? Anyone? Well, you we know? already talked about this being entertainment and not a sermon. So, you know, there may actually be church activities going on at those churches outside of the entertainment. And, and, and you know that the, it's not a legitimate pastor because if it was a legitimate pastor, it would have kicked those guys out. Yeah. So I gave him Jeff Henderson's name and I called Jeff and I said, someone's going to call you. It might be <laughs> disputatious. And so to their credit, to their credit, because who's got time for this? They talked to Jeff and Jeff said, as long, you know, you're married. This is just adultery. You can't serve on a guest services team. And so understandably, they um, left the church. And you know what, if I were them and saw the world the way they saw it at the time, I would leave too. Who wants to go to a church that says, oh, we want you to come help us. Oh, you can't help us. So they left the church. And that- You see, I mean, he even, get, he even says, oh, they left for a good reason. When we told them that you can't commit adultery, you know, I mean, they, they left. I would leave too, you know? I mean, that, that- If somebody pointed my sin out, boy, I'd be out of that church. Yeah, I'd be out of that church. I can't believe this guy. I, like I said, even for Andy Stanley, this is shocking. That was the end of that. I, I would see this gentleman every once in a while. He did contract work uh, for a company we worked with, but it was awkward, awkward, awkward. So from time to time, I would check in with his ex-wife, you know, how's it going? How, you know, how are things going? And I noticed something interesting as time went by, and this is over the course of about three years. As time went by, she began to significantly soften toward her ex-husband and his partner. And next thing I knew, they were, she said, hey, we're, I'm cooking for everybody for Easter. And I'm like, who's everybody? <laughs> well, my daughter, my ex-husband, his partner. Hey, I'm having everybody over for you know, a Christmas thing or Mother's Day thing. I'm like, who's everybody? My daughter, my ex-husband, his partner. And then eventually, you know, she began to date a guy named Doug, who's a great guy. And, and so all of a sudden there's another guy in the scene. Who, who, who are you, you know, who's coming over? Well, you know, my boyfriend, my daughter, my ex-husband and his partner. I'm like, wow, that's, that's quite remarkable. There's another th interesting thing happened. I was talking to oh, Okay. And I was the, the, 
This is another reason why I just really struggle with this whole story. I, I mean, I, I can't picture it. Let's see, my daughter, my boyfriend, my ex-husband, and his boyfriend. I, I mean, is this like a real thing that people actually do? I, I'm having a hard time buying it. I, 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 I just am. Yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I, we make a re- TV reality show out of it. It's like perfect. This is this is soap opera stuff. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Or about a special service we were have coming up, and she said, "You know what?" I think my ex-husband and his partner, of course, she said their names, would enjoy that. I think I'm going to invite them to church. Now, this is oh, wait, the wait, one wait, that wait, kicked wait, them out. Say the names, bro. Speak into the mic. There's another reason why I'm not buying this because you never in a, in a, in a in a mega church situation, Luke. You don't know if this was a local church. You say, "Well, who, who are you talking about?" I guarantee nobody's going to say to him, "Who who who is this?" Who is this person in, in, in your church? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one's going to say it. It's too big. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I definitely think it's possible. Out of our church. And so she said, I, I'm going to invite them. They should go to Buckhead Church. Just, just experience all that. I said, great. So the next Sunday, they showed up to the church that I had made them feel so awkward about attending. And I would have felt awkward too, but they came back anyway. And as I monitored and asked lots of questions, there was a constant moving together and her ex-husband's partner was very helpful as they dealt with something with a daughter as it related to an educational academic transition. And this went on and on and they moved closer and closer and closer together. And, and so one day I said, I said, look, this is so unusual because we deal with divorces and betrayal all the time. And it, you know, it just explodes all over the place and everybody's so wounded, you know, the end. I said, what has happened in you? And here's what she said. She said, you know, right after the divorce, I went to Oasis. Oasis is our, um, our uh, divorce recovery ministry for people who've been through divorce. She said, I went to, through Oasis and she said, there was a woman in our Oasis group that was so angry and so bitter and just spewed venom about her ex-husband. And she had been divorced for seven years. And she said she was just as angry and bitter as, as the day that you know, she discovered what her husband was up to. And she said, one night as I sat and listened to her you know, spew, I decided I am not gonna be that woman. I am not gonna be. So that's fine. As a matter of fact, that's what we're called to do. In, we're not supposed to hang on to that bitterness. We are supposed to throw that away. But that's different from validating what was done. It's different from mm. um, accepting as normal and okay what was done, mm. what was done to her, what was done to her daughter. It's okay to let go of the bitterness. And you, and you really do need some counseling to, to get there. And I would encourage anybody who's in that situation to, to get there because it hurts you. you, you hanging on to that bitterness, it, it does. But, uh, you know, embracing the sin is different than letting go of your bitterness. And that's a, that's, he's, he's pushing his audience into embracing the sin. Yeah, here, here's what he's doing. He is equating 
forgiveness with approval. Yes. If you do not approve of the sin, then you do not then you actually have not been forgiven, mm-hmm. which is which is terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. But if he really did forgive her, right? If Christ really did forgive the woman, which is, is that whole thing, the woman taking adultery in John 8, that was a, that was a legal, uh, that, that was not a spiritual situation there in, in terms of a uh, what Christ really thought about adultery. Like introducing a new spiritual law or something. No, no, no. He says, woman, where are your accusers? They had no accusers. It was a right. legal, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was a legal trial that was that was going on there. Yeah. But if Christ really does forgive her, then th- then he doesn't forgive her unless he says you can go out and you can go and sin if you want. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. Otherwise, he didn't forgive her. Yeah. But he he's doing that. He, John, you're right. He's pushing his audience. And by the time we're done here, spoiler alert again, though not as bad as John's. Uh, it was it's it's going to be you approve of the sin. Otherwise, there's no forgiveness. Mm. I, I, I think or, you're right and you're not that. Christian, and you're not loving. Mm-hmm. That woman. And so I decided the only way to avoid that would be to begin moving in the direction of my ex-husband. Bingo. And his partner. Okay, there it is. Yeah, there, it is. there you right. go. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. that uh, yep. whole idea. Yep. If there's one truth, if there's such a thing as truth, and we know there is, and we know it's found in the Bible, and we know God is true and can't lie. And All right, so there we go. You're either standing with God or you're moving away from God. And she's saying, I needed to move away from where I was standing. I was standing on the truth. I wasn't necessarily standing properly with harboring the bitterness. All right. But once you move, it's it's just like the dialectic in communism. You know, you're moving away from the truth because if you're in the center of the truth, you can't move. You got you can't if if we're. I'm losing words here. I mean, this makes my this makes this makes me hurt. This stuff. It, it, it is pretty painful. But, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I'd it's like a, to know it's that a bait and switch. It's a bait and switch. Well, totally. I mean, yeah. if, if, let's say, let's say the husband would have uh, molested the daughter, for example. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And well, I think this would be radically different now or, or ten years ago. If the husband molested the daughter ten years from now, hey, you know what? I don't know. You, you, you forgive. I don't. I don't. I don't want to be uh, bitter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So true. hey, yeah. you know what? Yeah. Maybe I'll have the the daughter move in with a with her father. I, I don't know. Yeah. Where where is the limit? Matrella is correct. There's no bottom to the statist hell. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just keeps <laughs> going. And, and uh, I, you know, you could. I mean, where do you see the tie between this and statism? Well, I, I see the tie between this and statism is that once once you get away from the Bible declaring what's true, th- th- then you're stuck with the state truth, and you're also stuck, Luke, with the state grace. Now, now that's that's horrible. Hmm. The, the state dispensing grace, mm-hmm. the mercy of the wicked is cruel. And I remember from that from that book, uh, and this this uh, is, I believe ties in from that book you recommended that one Sunday morning called "Into the Ice" by Victor Herman. And yeah, coming out of the ice, I think. Yeah, out of the ice. Coming yeah, out, out of the ice. Out of yeah. the ice by Victor Herman. Um, the, that part where he mentions to his father, cause he was living in communist Russia at the time. And he said to his dad, you know, dad, I, I used to write, you used to write me all the time. And we used to have great conversations. You know, we used to be pen pals essentially. 
And so what happened? How come you don't write me anymore? And he said, son, I can't write you anymore. And he said, why not? He said, because I'm not your father anymore. The state's your father. You know, the, the state's your mother, state's your sister, state's your, you're not allowed to have familial relationships in communist Russia because the state is your family. So I cannot identify, if I identify myself as your father, I'm putting my life at risk. And uh, this, is, this is what Andy Stanley do, doing here is a natural precursor to abolishing the family, creating the vacuum and, and putting the, filling the void with the state. He, he, he is not a pastor here, he's an agent of the state. And this is, this is state approved stuff going on here. The Bible disapproves, the state approves. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. He's, he, he's a state agent. They're nodding and smiling in the background, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. They might be running the laugh track. <laughs> I'd feel better, but if that was a laugh track, I'd feel better. <laughs> There's maybe some hope that I'm actually yeah. laughing. Oh, that's great. For my sake, for our daughter's sake, for his sake, for the family's sake. And I... I don't know. For God's sake? Uh, who, who's talking about God here? I was just astounded. And then this story ends with this past Christmas. I got a call about a week before Christmas. We had lots of extra Christmas services and, you know, people cra going crazy and everywhere. And, Charles Dickens and they ending. Had been attending I'm so the, happy. His, her ex-wife and his partner had been attending Buck, Buckhead Church ever since. You know, she invited him back to that service. And she said, we want to all come to Christmas service together. Would you save us some seats? Now, we don't allow saving of seats, but I know people, okay? <laughs> and for a sermon illustration, I will save you a seat. So I said, of course. And so I asked George. George helps us here on our North Point campus save seats. And I, I said, George, I need, I need six seats. I said, well, I'll ask her first. I said, who's coming? She said, well, um, my boyfriend, his daughter, me, my daughter, my ex-husband, and his partner. I need six seats. And so... You know, halfway in our first Christmas carol, I'm sitting here, I'm standing here in my corner chair, singing, looking up at the screen. And I look across the aisle and about four people down are my six friends, all singing Christmas carols together. And then Tiny Tim showed up and said, bless us everyone. <laughs> this is so stupid. I can't believe, it's like, it's, I'm shocked. Well, it, till we're not in Kansas yeah. anymore since yeah. we're doing movie references. And, and, and we're calling, calling this like a family. Did he just call this a family? Yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, Did his he just and his do friends. Do that. And his friends. And the only thing I could think was modern family. Oh, yeah. 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 And that is good. It's good, right? The broken family is the good family because that's the modern family. That's what we all are, right? So this is, this is the new model family. There you go. It's the money. Hey, this, this is real. This, this is happening. The yeah. money. Th this guy is, is doing this. Yeah. This is not a joke. This is not a spoof. He's doing this. Mm -hmm. He's been doing it for the last 10 years. And this, is, and this is why I get so frustrated at the Andy Stanley Defenders. He's been doing this for 10 years. Longer than that. Maybe even his whole stupid career. And I'm not going to say ministry. His stupid career. I, he, he's been saying stuff like this and worse, and there have been Andy Stanley defenders. What are you defending? Why are you still selling his books? Why are we still referencing him? I cannot believe my ears. Cranked up the last laugh track on that one, John. Yeah, that's not the first thing I thought. Modern family. You just have to break the tension sometimes. What tension? And here's what I thought, literally. Yeah. I thought, there it is. The marvelous, glorious, messy, pain-filled, we'll get through this somehow. I'm not gonna be that woman. It's our daughter, microcosm of the church. There it is. 
He forgot God dishonoring. Truth with all its painful ramifications and grace with all of its healing power. And there you go, folks. That's the uh, clip from uh, Mr. Andy Stanley. You can go back and uh, finish the whole thing. Uh, but uh, if you dare, if, if you dare. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even watch the whole thing. I, I watched a little bit before, a little bit after, but I, I, I dread to think of what else this, this, this fraud has been saying. Luke, the there's no way you're keeping the child molesters out and the trannies out and, and everything. There's no way. You, you've gotten away from the Bible. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you're drifting in the wind with your standard. Yeah. And I don't know what's next. Murderers. Yeah. I mean, you know, this right. this guy this guy murdered somebody. But well, yeah. You know, I don't want to be. I don't want to be bitter. Yeah, yeah they already have the murderers in there is. by 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 celebrating pro choice uh, uh, silliness. Yeah, Luke, they already have the murderers. The murderers Luke, are in there. Luke, do you remember way back? He's uh, celebrating pro choice. I don't know um, if he is, but I I, I don't think that I, Andy I, Stanley's an abolitionist. Got it. Yeah, I doubt. Luke, you remember way back. Um, at a church that we both attend. In fact, John attended as well. And um, they were going to do a, a Bible study from a book. And the book was called, I think, Unchristian. Do you I remember that? that? I remember that book. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And, 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 and in the book, it was condemning people that condemned abortion. And this woman was talking about, says, you know, I just, I had an abortion. I just, I just didn't feel good there. Right. We got to stop there for a minute. You're murderous. Okay. You, There's grace, but before we can apply grace, we have to understand the truth that you are a murderer. And we're supposed to say, you know what? We don't really care about that. You can just go murder people. There's there's grace. No, you got to you got to understand that first of all. And that's what's missing here. You know, nobody's done anything wrong. Have you noticed that? People were feeling bad about it, right? The guy ran off with his homosexual lover. But the word sin obviously is missing. Now we got a little bit of a, of a nod to adultery. But really, no one's really done anything all that wrong. And the person who's in a homosexual relationship, well, he can, just can't quite serve until he gets his divorce finalized. Nobody's really done anything wrong here. And we haven't heard from Gracie, and we haven't heard from Truthy. Well, I... I, I... Don't disagree with any of that. Here's uh, knucklehead Andy Stanley praying with all these frauds. Um, I'm b- looking on his uh, if he's ever made um, if he's ever made any stances on abortion. Um, so I went to the first place that talked about it was CNN. Um, I'm not sure if I'm finding anything on it. Well, that's a podcast for a different day. Yeah. Nonetheless, more it, material. Yeah, it, it's a shame. It, it's just a shame that that standards are gone. The Constitution of our United States is gone. I mean, uh, Pelosi's been laughing. People ask her, "Well, what is that constitutional?" And, she, and when they ask her about when they were asking her about legislation, she just laugh because the Constitution is laughable to our to our leadership. And the Bible is our church's constitution, and it's laughable to a guy like Andy Stanley. Um, and to way too many hirelings sitting in pulpits today. So why would we be surprised that they can fill auditoriums? Um, and why would we be surprised that uh, he's still around? He's, you know, it, it, it pays. 
He's an entertainer. He's... And, and he's not the only one uh, uh, doing and saying these things. I, I can't believe who, who's the pastor there at uh, uh, Mars Hill. Um, oh, uh, um, Mark Driscoll. Mark, uh, uh, but who's the other guy? The purpose-driven church guy. What's his name? Oh, Rick Warren. Rick Warren. He's still around. Can you believe that? He's still around. I can't believe that guy's still around. What are these people still doing around? I, I just, I'm, 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 I'm surprised and shocked. You know, I, we, we kind of got rid of Rob Bell. You know, he, we, we kind of, he kind of drifted off and got put on Oprah where he belongs. I just wish that would happen with Andy Stanley. You know, I, I'm surprised he hasn't done that yet. But here's a quote from the Wall Street Journal back when Roe versus Wade was overturned. Here's a quote from many in our country who've been fighting for this for so long. This felt like a huge win, said Pastor Andy Stanley at North Point Community Church in Alf, Alpharetta, Georgia. But for others in the country, this felt like a gut punch. These are the cultural moments where the church has an opportunity to shine, even when we don't necessarily agree. Now, which didn't he agree with? Which well, side did he agree yeah, with? Well, see that—that's the thing. That's but that's how they let the murderers in, right there, Dad. You know, for the murderers, this felt like a gut punch. For the people who want to murder babies, it felt like a gut punch. You know, uh, it's. Just, I, wonder, I wonder how the baby's been feeling. Uh, I, I know, and and that's what I mean. That's how he's letting the murderers in. You know that. So, so if we if we take you know the you know, the Supreme Court said it's not okay to kill somebody with an axe. Well, for the Christians, this feels like a huge win. But for the people who want to kill people with an axe, this is a big gut punch, and this is a moment for us to come together. And that's why I'm saying I don't even need to do research on this knucklehead to know that this guy's uh, uh, totally okay with children dying in the womb, and he just uses it as a political uh, their political pawn to him to get on the Wall Street Journal. Put it this way: the, the pro aborts are not worried about the, the pro. Excuse me. The pro boards are not worried about Andy Stanley. No, he's not coming for them anytime soon. He doesn't even own a pitchfork. Well, maybe for, for the church he does. Oh, yeah, for the Christians he For does. the Christians he will, yep. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Think and Reform podcast. You just heard a dumpster fire from uh, Andy Stanley on uh, his acceptance of homosexuality. And, and the reason why this, this, this sermon's coming back up is because of his comments just, I think, in the last week or two, uh, people are starting to wonder... And that's why this that's why this sermon has resurfaced, because I think there were people sounding the alarm 10 years ago saying, hey, you know, this guy is is pro homosexual. So thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time. And as always, think and reform.